Hello, everyone. Welcome to Beyond Sunday at Bethlehem, a podcast created to go beyond the Sunday service experience at Bethlehem Church, exploring some of the deeper questions of our faith, offering additional content from behind the scenes from the cutting room floor. Thanks so much for joining us. I'm Angela Buckland, and as always, I am beyond excited to host today's episode. Hello, friends. Welcome to another episode of Beyond Sunday. Today, I'm in the podcast studio with two very, very good friends, very special men here at our church. Uh, I'm in the studio with Pastor Joel Goddard and Troy Hensley, who many of you know from Bethlehem Church. He has a history here, uh, has been a part of Bethlehem for a really, really long time, along with his wife, Burgundy, who was on our staff uh, at one point, a couple times, a couple mm-hmm. different times. Um, and they are here to talk about our partnership with St. Croix Christian Church. You've heard Pastor Jason talk about uh, our partnership with St. Croix Church, and they're here to talk about it. Uh, Troy and Burgundy moved to St. Croix and helped partner, helped Bethlehem partner with this church. And Joel, you've been there. Mm-hmm. Uh, you were a part of you know getting things kind of rolling, helping lead worship. Uh, So we're here to talk about that today, and I'm super excited because I've heard the stories, I've heard the connections, but I don't know that I've fully grasped it in in my mind, and I know a lot of our listeners and a lot of our people here at Bethlehem wonder about it, so we're going to talk about it. I'm excited. Me too. Thanks for having me. I just have to say, Troy from St. Croix, we're going to go ahead and get that out of the way. (laughs) Troy from St. Croix, tell us. (laughs) It's perfect. So tell us about, you have been at Bethlehem for a while. Uh, tell us. 20, I don't know, what is it, 28 years? Yeah. Like it's crazy. Yeah. So I we talked to Yvette Maddox recently as the longest serving staff member. I think you, I think you may have beat her as yeah. far as tenure. I so. helped hire her. She was a good hire. Yeah. She was <laughs> oh, a good wow. hire. Okay. Yeah. That's cool. So we've been talking about these cool stories because of our won't back down. We're in the middle of this won't back down, the midpoint of the Because Initiative. And we love hearing how far these stories go back. Mm. God has been doing amazing things at Bethlehem, and you guys have seen it because you've been a part of it for for a long time. So talk about, Troy, how you came to Bethlehem um, and and in the beginning in those early days that we were talking about earlier. Sure. Um, We were living in uh, Buckhead, and uh, working in the restaurant business and decided that it was time to buy a house. Hmm. And so uh, the farther out we drove 316, the bigger the house got, the more land you got. And so we just kept driving. Yeah. And all of a sudden yeah. ended up in Barrow County. <laughs> yeah, it was much better than Gwinnett at that point. So um, we came out and uh, I was raised in church, uh, very strict independent Baptist and started to feel that void of, after being away from church for a while. Yeah. And so, uh, waking up on Sunday and, um, so then I started going to a small church just down the road and, uh, just really just, it was there. Yeah. It was there. And I was taking up a pew and that was it mm. and got Burgundy to go. She, uh, was raised, uh, with virtually no church whatsoever. Okay. And she got comfortable there to the point that she didn't want to leave until I just like past that church and came to Bethlehem and oh I mean she was like beating my shoulder she was just like so mad that I wasn't going to a place she was comfortable yeah. you didn't tell her you just no gosh no she would have <laughs> never went for that you know burgundy so um we came in and we're just showered with just love and affection mm. and just 
goodness. And the message was strong. Mm. Uh, Jody was a pastor at the time. And yeah. actually, he was teaching seminary and pastoring at mm-hmm. the time. Wow. And um, the message was strong and the connections were strong. And there was about 70 of us. And so it was a small enough church that she didn't feel totally uncomfortable. Yeah. But it was in this new building. Uh, they had just moved into it wow. uh, just a few months this prior. This current building. Yeah. That, yeah. And it that doesn't was... look anything like it did no, back then, but right? no. it's grown in every direction. And what year was that? Uh, about 95, 96, somewhere okay. in, that, okay. in that range. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I was graduating high school around 95. Thank you. I appreciate that. Yeah. <laughs> Just love you. Hey, Good morning. I'm one of the, I'm one of the <laughs> oldest people on staff now. So I have to, I have to get my punches somewhere. Um, but plugged right in, um, enjoyed it and then felt like that hole was disappearing, uh, and being filled. Yeah. <clears throat> and then, uh, Burgundy, I don't know. We'd been going for a while, but she got saved here. Mm. I did and not so, know that. Yeah. That's amazing. Yeah. It was um, incredible because we didn't even go home and talk about religion. I just felt the the gap in my life. And mm-hmm. so I was just taking care of it. And I really wasn't a very strong Christian at that time that I could even feel like I could lead somebody. Yeah. So we never discussed it. Mm. So God really did a work in her life mm. and she got saved here. And then, I don't know, probably within six months or a year, she got carpal tunnel working for Publix. And so she uh, took on an admin job here. Wow. And then got deeper into it. And in some ways more spiritually developed quicker because of her, you know, uh, thirst and desire uh, as you, you know, our first Christian. Yeah. And so uh, yeah. it's been incredible to watch that journey. But her whole salvation and most of her um, Christian life has happened in this place. I love that. So So you started, uh, Joel, you told us the story about Walk Through Bethlehem. Mm -hmm. And so Troy was here, Burgundy was here, and then you came on Mm -hmm. on the staff to lead worship. And then Pastor Jody moved on to a different uh, call to politics. Mm -hmm. And so you filled in that interim role, mm-hmm. uh, doing kind of all the things for a while. So talk about the trust. I, you guys obviously have a, 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 a friendship and a trust that was built during that time, mm-hmm. which I think is so cool that the way God has used it now, that you're kind of not really church planning, but church planning in a sense, partnering with, with St. Croix Christian Church the way that you guys have. So talk about that trust that was developed during that time. Yeah, I think um, going through, uh, you know, when you're, it, it feels in a lot of ways like we were in the foxhole together. Yeah, yeah. Uh, during a lot of the transition with Bethlehem, with leadership, and um, just trying, like, um, there were moments where I wanted to leave, mm-hmm. uh, but you know, I, I remember doing a podcast one time. They were like, what made you stay? Yeah. And I said, I wish I could say it was the body of Christ in Bethlehem. It was literally about five people. Mm. And Troy was one of those people where I was like, I'm not leaving this to him. Yeah. Um, and so it it's not as spiritual as it sounds. It was just like a handful hey. of people. And I think one of the best things for... Uh, why we're connected to St. Croix now is Troy came to me and we started talking about the possibility of being able to go and help on St. Croix. And 
he was talking about the situation, the number of people there, uh, and the potential for God to move. And his line to me that sealed the deal, he was like, listen, we did it once before. Let's do it again. <laughs> and that's yeah. all like, and I don't know, there's, there's very few people that uh, would have been able to convince me like Troy did, mm -hmm. because we've been through this before. Yeah, We know what it costs. Yeah, We know there's a lot of hard relational things you have to get through in pursuing the Lord. There are sacred cows that you have to destroy. Yeah. Mm -hmm. There are all those things. But the thought that God would be so kind to let us do this again yeah. and together, uh, just that's what excited me to get to be able to do that and to know that I can stand beside somebody that I've done this with before. He knows me. I know him. Mm -hmm. There is a lot of trust. I think one thing people don't realize is when I first started coming to St. Croix, I spent very little time with Troy and Burgundy hmm. uh, because there's so much trust there. They were just yeah. kind of like, here's the van. Go do what you do. <laughs> and and so there was a lot of trust That's there. Cool. I, sometimes I would come home and Stacy would be like, how's Troy and Burgundy? I didn't see Troy except on Sunday. Wow. Um, but there, there's just a lot of trust. They know what I'm doing. I know what they're doing. Yeah. Uh, yeah. And that was that. That's just, it's kind of like we just picked up where we left off from here yeah. and started doing the same thing. At I Saint mean, Croix. I'm so I'm thinking that's how the early church functioned. They weren't all in the same place, all doing the same thing at the same time. No, you know, Paul was writing letters and sending people here and there, and they partnered together, but they trusted each other yes. because they were on the same mission. So I love that. You yeah. can't really get cool. much done holding hands. No. <laughs> <laughs> you guys don't strike me as the sit around kind of holding no. hands type either. So. No. Not <laughs> so, part of the makeup. <laughs> yeah, no. So Troy, talk about, um, I want to talk about how you and Burgundy were kind of at a place in life where you, you were, you had business, you were su successful businesses, sold those, uh, went to retire. Maybe. And, and in, in, in a lot of people's minds, when you're thinking of retirement, you're like, OK, I'm done. But I don't think that that was ever your mentality, just because knowing, you know, knowing you and Burgundy, God's never done until no. you. Yeah. Thank until goodness. You, yeah. Thank God. <laughs> yeah. Until you stop breathing, you know, where he's not done with us. So talk about kind of that that sense like, OK, we're going to move and pack up. What led you to St. Croix to begin with? Uh, actually, friends from this church mm -hmm. uh, that live on St. Thomas. So we were doing business in Puerto Rico. Uh, so we're flying down there, taking care of some stores that were opening. Yeah. And then uh, I went to go visit our friends on St. Thomas. St. Thomas was just busy. It yeah. just didn't feel yeah. like you were really getting away. And they were like, as much as you love plants, you need to go visit St. Croix. Mm. And so I went and hmm. stayed in a tent in the rainforest for a few nights, which <laughs> Burgundy, of course, would never do. <laughs> I was going to say. Um, <laughs> yeah, not her cup of tea. Not mine either. <laughs> but I brought her over there, and uh, she was sold the first time. Wow. Uh, I remember getting her to the airport and her crying. And I remember every trip after that, her crying. <laughs> So uh, we purchased a home down there, and then uh, that was her goal. Mm. So it was like, get through this business, get, you know, to that point, and then go down. Okay. And so, yeah, we had, you know, desire to sort of slow up a little bit. Yeah. Um, but we really didn't know exactly what God had in store down there. Yeah. And we certainly didn't see this coming. Hmm. Um, but um, as I mentioned before, uh, we got down there. COVID happened almost immediately. Yeah. 
and that causes uh, some extreme boredom. And yeah. then uh, we really turned to the nights of worship that you know Bethlehem provided. That was our a big source of um, sort of how we were getting energized. Mm. And um, that was a, a major point for me that, oh my gosh, that's why you're here. Mm. Do more. Wow. Figure it out. So tried to figure out how to yeah. uh, volunteer every which way in different organizations and stuff like that. And it was difficult at that time. Sure. I mean, we were handing out meals to kids and all kinds of stuff, just trying to serve in the community. Yeah. yeah. And uh, so, and for our listeners, uh, Troy, you and I served on New Path together. So yes. yep. you had that experience, uh, the New Path nonprofit. And so you were probably, you know, you had that all that experience That's right. to be able to take with you and just do what you, what you could and serve where you could. And I think you really just hit it on it. I really feel like almost everything that happened at Bethlehem was training for this next step yeah. in yeah. so many ways. And, and hopefully all of life is like that. Yes. I mean, I, I think, uh, I think back on the movie, The Shack. Uh, where he talks about you're going to keep on repeating this until you get it right. Mm -hmm. Keep on learning that lesson yeah. over and over again yeah. and then use it correctly the next time. Wow. And I think that's, I just picture that's how sort of life is. It sort of feels that way. Yeah. So um, much of what I, what the Lord is teaching me right now is just his timing. Just yes. it's yeah. all about his timing and us learning how to be patient <laughs> and not try to rush ahead and just falling in line and allowing him to use, and he uses everything. He uses things from our past that we never thought, like, why am I doing this? And that's such an inspiration to know, like, nothing, no season is ever wasted. That's right. So. Yeah. One thing about Troy and Burgundy, too, they 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 find favor wherever they are yeah. by serving people. Yes. And they that's find right. ways to do it where it's not what you would consider typical ministry. And one of the things that, that blessed me when I first came was there were no uh trash cans on island uh at different beach areas and mm. stuff so they set up trash cans mm. and started figuring out a way to get the trash and take it to the dump so that people wouldn't just throw their trash on and those little things yeah. impact the people who live on island yeah because they like that's they see a need and they provide it and it and then they find favor with people right and it's it's not a very big island but Pretty much everywhere I went, people knew who Troy and Burgundy were. Oh, wow. And in that short period of time, that's the impact they've made in that community. Yeah. So I, I, I love that, Joel. That's a really good example and a really good way to kind of bridge into the next question that I have for Troy. Just the way that we picture these islands, these beautiful, you know, the it's uh, St. Croix and the Virgin Islands. Mm -hmm. So in our minds, that's paradise. Oh, how, you know, how lucky you, you get to suffer for Jesus in St. Croix. <laughs> but talk about the, these islands and the lack of resources that they have mm -hmm. um, and the poverty that you yeah. see. And that, so, so talk about how these, this is not the picture that we have in our head. Yeah. It, um, I, I had that same vision. I always thought everybody would be in Bermuda shorts and little funky hats. Me too. With I umbrella drinks. That, and yeah. I, I did too. Everybody walking around like Thurston Howe the Third. you know? <laughs> yeah, I, just, uh, I thought the same. Jimmy you know, Buffett playing in the background. Pretty sure we watched that movie together at <laughs> yes, some point. Yes. That's where I was moving. 
when I first went to St. Thomas, Puerto Rico is very different, but when I went yeah. to St. Thomas, I really did expect it. When our friends left Bethlehem and went to go move to run a business on St. Thomas, mm -hmm. I thought that same thing. Oh my gosh, that's great. You know? <laughs> You're going to show up at what, nine in the morning? You'll be done by noon. Who <laughs> really works down <laughs> yeah. there anyway? Go hit the beach afterwards. Yeah. yeah. I mean, uh, it is very different. Uh, St. Saint, Saint Thomas, I can't really speak to. St. John is... Uh, sort of a wildlife preserve uh, or protected. Mm -hmm. St. Croix is a, a hardworking community. Um, I, I really, there's a lot of people that uh, would be very similar if you placed them in the South or the Midwest. Yeah. Um, and there's actually a lot of transplants from the South and the Midwest down there. Yeah. Mm -hmm. So not but too dissimilar to Barrow County. It feels the same. It yeah when you Except get into that, yeah. but <laughs> there's the, some blue water there. Yeah, yeah. yeah. The, <laughs> not, um, not Lake Yargo. Yeah, <laughs> right. Blue water at times, I guess. If they treat it no. Um, but I think the the thing is, is nobody realizes how much poverty is down there. There's so much government housing. Mm. Um, there is generational welfare uh, on that island like I've never seen before. Wow. Um, it is very, very tough for a, uh, a young person to actually grow up and feel like they've got a chance. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Uh, we have definite, I mean, I would say a lot of petty crime, but at one point St. Croix was, um, uh, a higher crime area for like homicide and things like that. Wow. Um, it is, it's a tough environment. Mm -hmm. Um, it's not very friendly on, um, people that are just stay outsiders. I, I really, I always feel very blessed to be part of that church and, and part of a church that uh, wants to get out and serve in the community because I think that's a big key to acceptance, especially coming onto an island where uh, we are truly foreigners. Um, yeah. It's a U.S. territory, but it stands on its own. Yeah. And there's a lot of pride. Uh, cr it's Crucian people uh, okay. from St. Croix. That's that's what they're called. They're okay. West Indian, of course. Um, but there is a huge amount of pride and desire to be so much better than what the government and everybody else has sort of done over there. Yeah. Um, it's a it's a good spot if you want to serve and you want to um, enjoy life because there is. I mean, there's hiking, there's the beaches, all that stuff, but. Mm -hmm to really be part of that community is to not be blinded and, and not see the amount of poverty that's there. Wow. Uh, it's about 95% impoverished. Wow. So very different. We pay three times as much in the grocery stores. We pay at least a dollar 50. Well, right now it's about a dollar 50 more per gallon of gas. Mm. Um, electricity. Electricity is outrageous. <clears throat> the yeah. church building that we just uh, came out of, we were paying $2,000 a month in electrical and it was no more than what? 4,000 square feet. Yeah. Something wow. Like that. Um, wow. Yeah. Just so the cost of living puts a lot of people in an impoverished state. Yeah. And then we come over as Americans and, we don't help matters. If we're not helping people, we're not helping things, mm -hmm, mm -hmm. you know? Yeah. You're not, it, it, yeah. If you want to be a taker, then yeah, you're not, you're not going to be seen favorably there. Mm -hmm. Wow. Yeah. You have wow. to give in order to be able to receive at least a little respect to be able to work with people. Yeah. So, so this vision to partner with St. Croix Christian church was you talk about the churches, obviously, you know, with the lack of resources and the cost of living, I mean, how many how many churches would you say are on the island or in the area? 
You're going to be shocked. It's crazy. 150. 150 on the entire island. The island is 23 miles long, and I think it's 17 or 11 miles wide, something like that. Wow. But there is, so it's sort of like what we're experiencing here in the South. Mm -hmm. There are a lot of churches over there that are just sort of in their last generation. Yeah. Um, the same thing is going on there, is going on here as far as the children getting raised in church and remembering it as not being a good experience. Okay. Either being hypocritical. Yeah lasting too long because we don't have the attention span that we used to um, or not having enough for the children or some gap mm -hmm. that just causes them to go, I'm when I'm an adult, I'm not going back there. Mm. Mm -hmm. And so we're seeing it. I mean, there's plenty of churches that quite honestly are just getting to that stage or aging out. And that's going to happen in St. Croix just the same. Wow. COVID did not help uh, because of a lack of technology over there. So many churches could not um, video or mm -hmm. record or get their message out. Yeah. Uh, just didn't have the technology to be able to even put it on YouTube and things. So, uh, we were one of the few churches that did. Mm. Um, and actually Bethlehem even helped in that. Yeah. First call I made was to Chris Vader. Hey, we need some kind of a camera, dude. <laughs> God bless <laughs> Chris like, Vader. Uh -huh. He's like, I can figure that out. So, That's you know, awesome. we ordered yep. that and got it shipped down and that helped because then it wasn't so, you know, sketchy yeah. looking. Yeah. yeah. And then um, our first trip there, Mike Geralds came and set up the projector. Yes. That was a big thing. And did all that for a wow. whole weekend to get all yep. that set up. Yeah. And, and Josh has been down there mm -hmm. to help mm -hmm. with the audio and stuff. But yeah. when I, when I first came, I was trying to recruit musicians. Mm -hmm. So I went to, there was a jazz festival and uh, went and started talking to some of the musicians. That's cool, Joel. That's great. And what was interesting is I met some Christian musicians, but when I would say to them, um, have you guys played in a church? They immediately were like, no, 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 we don't do that. <laughs> and I said, oh, uh, why not? And he said, because we don't like doing five-hour services. Hmm. And uh, so I realized that the recruiting process was going to have to be uh, very specific in letting these guys know we're, we're not going to do four-hour services, yeah. three-hour services. It's, you know, it's more confined in a one-hour like Bethlehem does. Mm -hmm. But mm -hmm. that is part of the uh, the wall between musicians on island because there's some incredible musicians on island that like, I'm not doing, I'm not playing at a church. Hmm. So even that, with that mindset, these were young musicians that were like not doing it. Yeah, yeah. Mm -hmm. But what a great, what a great idea and a resource to go to this festival and that's hang out with the are. local musicians and yeah, um, that's, they're playing that's in really restaurants, cool. they're playing in bars, they're playing uh, in festivals. Yeah. And so I was trying to go and find them. Yeah. And get to know them and bring wow. them on. So. So I'm thinking through the timeline. So Troy, uh, you and Burgundy moved there in January of 2020. Mm -hmm. uh, COVID happened in March. Mm -hmm. um, you guys were watching the worship and word online, um, the Wednesday night uh, worship. And then we had, uh, or, or you you guys were attending the church at the time or? Yeah, we had decided uh, just prior to COVID that that was the church and, and um, yeah. That had to do with just honestly, we'd visited uh, a number of other churches. Yeah. But it had just that walk in the door and just that love and compassion. You could just feel it. Yeah. And then uh, we had good music at the time and it was very, I mean, you could feel God's presence um, right. in worship. 
And uh, then COVID happened. And you want to just sort of give you the timeline on sure. sort of, I mean, the next few steps yeah. are COVID and then out of COVID and then back in COVID and out of COVID. And <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah. I can't imagine what that was like there. Well, we have such limited hospitals. Mm. So I think mm. there were seven respirators for the whole territory. Mm. So we wore masks, I mean, probably six months past the point that you guys, and mm. not even in Georgia, but just the United States had wow. masks. Um, but nevertheless, we finally got out of that. We had tent services for a long time. Hmm. Uh, that was partially because we had some issues with the community theater that was, we were renting, but it also was just good open air. Yeah, yeah. Um, so we did that. And uh, we went through um, a really good period. Uh, at some point in there, um, I was asked to become a deacon, and uh, then Burgundy came on staff, and she was doing admin. I'm yeah. a small church. I mean, basically a husband and wife team uh, that handled all aspects, and then um, a small board of elders. And um, as time went on, then basically... Uh, the pastor felt like, and he had been there for 14 years. Oh, wow. He was brought on as a youth pastor, and Pastor Dave and Shelly were great. They um, took on the responsibility of becoming the lead pastor after the other pastor left uh, with some different circumstances. And so the church had went through some hurt with that. Mm -hmm. And they took over, and then uh, he felt like he had done everything he could with the church. Yeah. And he came to the elders, and then he talked to Burgundy, who was on staff, and he brought me in because I was um, doing some stuff. And uh, we talked through, and he just said he felt like he could leave because the church was at a healthy spot. Mm -hmm. So it was really a, you know, a, a good transition. But he gave us a, a plenty of notice. It was yeah. like a two month notice or something like that. And that fell in line with the time frame of coming down here on my normal October visit, um, trying to catch a football game or something. You know, <laughs> Good time. Yeah. So uh, ended up talking uh, with Joel and Matt and um, Jason, of course, uh, gave his blessing to it almost immediately, which yeah, is, yeah. I mean, for your all's time frame, this church was just taking on because. Yeah. I mean, yeah. you had a lot of different things <laughs> going on. And Jason's, I, I forget what his wording was. It was something like, well, why not? I mean, God's not, you know, <laughs> I mean, it's just like, yeah, God has never stopped this church. If something comes up, it's always there to help. Yep. Which yep. is the amazing part about the Bethlehem story is it never just says, no, we're too busy. Yeah. It just doesn't happen yeah. here. And everybody on the staff has that same feeling is that, you don't know what's around the corner, but if God plans it and God sets it up for us, we're going to do it. We we're just going to yes. follow. Yes. Yeah. And so no different. He's like, yeah, we'll figure it out. And I'm like, if Joel can come and we can just mm. offer the elders a transition team. Yeah. Because they hadn't been through this. This was sort of, you know, uncharted not to have the next person to step up. And of course we couldn't, you know, small church don't have an associate pastor or anything like that that would mm. step into that position. It would be the elders getting up and, Teaching each Sunday and just, I mean, the if you're not used to teaching each Sunday, uh, you know, I, yes. you can attest yeah. to this. I mean, it's not an easy task no. just to make up that lesson and really be effective also. Yeah. And so um, took that back to St. Croix Christian, took it to the elders, took it to Dave, uh, who was still pastoring at that time, and just said, here's what we could do. Mm. And... Um, 
they were all like, well, yeah, that sounds like a, you know, a good opportunity. It'll give us this. And, uh, then all of a sudden the projector came about to put Jason up on the screen yeah. a little more clearly because our projector was about had it, you know, it's probably a 1990s projector wow. or something, but yeah. we'd changed the bulb too many times to mention. <laughs> um, and so it was really accepting of the idea that it would be in transition, that Bethlehem would just help us get past that as we started to search for a pastor. Okay. But just as we had learned in the past, um, at Bethlehem, when Joel and I went through transition before, you need to get a healthy church before you bring somebody in. Mm. Don't bring somebody in to fix all your problems mm. if you can avoid it. Yeah. And so the transition team gave the elder body a good chance to start fixing whatever was just not in place. Uh, we had already started work on children's ministry, um, which Golly, the staff here, phenomenal. Yeah. I mean, Mandy, yeah. Our uh, children's Betsy, ministry is uh, out of this world. Savannah, all of them just, yeah. I mean, Amanda's been great. I mean, all yeah. of them have just, I call and they're just like so responsive, so quick. And they, mm. I mean, we're on Gospel Project, the same as you guys. I mean, we all this stuff has yeah. changed. It's awesome. Next generation stuff, so important, just like it is at Bethlehem. They have the same attitude in St. Croix Christian is that we've got to plug into the next generation. All these things align just total God thing. Yeah. Yeah. And so when this was offered to the church, it was like, yeah, let, let's try that. You know, they had, they had done some, uh, series from different pastors and stuff. So it wasn't foreign to them to have, you know, somebody actually preaching on the screen instead of in person. Yeah. And, um, they basically gave the go ahead to get it started. And so touching base with Joel so basically, as soon as January kicked off, I think it was the first or second week, you were down there mm -hmm. uh, leading worship and leading us. Uh, I think you actually preached the first two mm -hmm. before because Bethlehem was sort of in a series and we didn't want to start sort of right in the middle of something. Yeah. And um, that really sort of kicked it off is mm -hmm. the idea that it would just be temporary until we could figure out exactly what we could do as far as a pastor. And it let the church breathe for a minute. Yeah, yeah. They had taken in so much, like I say, some church hurt and other things with mm. some previous pastor stuff that had gone on, not with the pastor that just left, but a previous pastor. Sure. And so it, it gave an opportunity to breathe and to let God just sort of take take the uh, take the lead. Yeah. And yeah. and just work on your prayer life and work on things that are just important instead of all the little things that. Uh, we get bogged down with so mm -hmm. many times. Yeah. And I came in, you know, the Clay family, the pastor and his family, they're all very talented. Mm. So the the basic makeup of the praise team was the Clay family. Oh, wow. And so with him wanting to step away, that took pretty much the entire praise team. Mm. Yeah. So some of that was um, building up a praise team um, and calling musicians forth and people to be a part of that. And when I knew we got something special with this church is sent out an email, anybody interested and had like 30 people come. Yeah. <laughs> wow. And, uh, so we just went into the youth room and sat and played guitar and sang and started feeling out who could do what, and mm -hmm. who could sing mm -hmm. and just literally overnight, we had this praise team that um, did not exist 
the week before <laughs> and people really stepped up and uh and we thought it would take two months to yeah we thought what well, and it only took two weeks yes. wow they made me look really good <laughs> they, they made me look like man this guy yeah it, joel knows was, what he's doing no it was them and and i kept saying mm. that and so i was there for for two weeks and left and they immediately took over and started running the worship mm. and so this is people i would say um, all but two had never even been on a praise team before. Hmm. And they just took ownership and said, we got this, we're going to do this. And it was shocking. Wow. Like it was shocking. I really felt like it was going to, what was going to take months happened in just two weeks. Hmm. So that was very encouraging. It helped you see God's hand is on this place. Oh yeah. You know? Yeah. Well, and I'm just, I'm sitting here as you guys are talking, my mind is just blown that you guys were a part of the transition team here at Bethlehem. Uh, when Jason came, mm -hmm. and then you're, you know, part of this transition team for St. Croix Christian Church. And I just love that God has used you guys in that way throughout the years. So I know that there's probably a hundred stories that you could tell of what God's done and just ways that he's blown you away and just a testimony to his faithfulness. But just what are some, what are some cool God stories mm. that that you can think of that you've seen God move or provide Joel. That's, that's one right there. Just the, the worship team, mm -hmm. the way he assembled the worship team together. Uh, what are some, how many some people other have been baptized? That's a great question. We're at 30 right now. Yeah. So, and that's just this year. That's yeah. Just this yeah. year we've seen 30 people yeah. baptized to me. And I would say one of my favorite memories is we had a service out in a tent by, beside the church um, when you pick, if you could picture this, you have this beautiful St. Croix weather mm -hmm. with wind blowing a tent with lights all around the top of it, worshiping and saying, you know, whoever wants to be baptized, come. Hmm. And I, I can't remember how many we baptized that first time. Well, that was, that was so we did a, a night of worship. Um, hmm. and it was very youth driven cause I think it was on Friday night, which mm -hmm. is when the youth usually meets. And to see so many of those kids that uh, we had served alongside, some of them were greeters and other things, and um, to see their entire families yeah. get baptized. Yeah. yeah. And and it was just, it was very moving because um, there was, I mean, you just said, I don't know, I'm always a back row Baptist. I'm always standing in the back of every <laughs> single service. I'm a, I'm a greeter at heart or whatever you call it. But, yeah. Um, just watching and just seeing people get really prayerful and then just standing up and saying it's time. Mm, mm. Yeah. And, and it didn't really stop. I mean, that was like a big kickoff point. Um, I think we did nine that night. Yeah. And then we followed it up and in children's ministry, like I say, we do gospel project, yeah. uh, which every week you get the ABCs admit your sins, believe in Christ, uh, and commit to follow. Yeah. And so we started talking about, because the kids were asking, cause they were at the service and they were asking about it. And so we started, you know, this is, you know, sort of the process and that. And so we had, I don't know, four or five kids that, you know, were at that age. And so we pursued it with their parents and things like that. And you came down and we actually did it in the sanctuary on Sunday and had the same reaction. Mm. So 
mom is the next after she had talked to her son and decided that it was time for him to get baptized. Now all of a sudden the spirit's moving and she's walking towards the tank. Wow. And we have this. That's so cool. We, we <laughs> bought one of the um, prison ministry baptisms. Okay. Yeah. It, it folds down. I mean, it's like portable. <laughs> you just take it, set it up wherever yeah. you want to go. Yeah. Whatever works. It's like a tarp. Yeah. It's yeah. Yeah. a tarp. So, uh, it's like set it up and it's in service. It, it may only get used by one yeah. person or whatever, easy, you know, whatever, just yeah. to, whatever makes it simple for somebody to just follow. But watching that and just seeing the people follow the children. Yeah. It was powerful. <laughs> That's where it gets you. Wow. Yep. Yeah. Like it was cool yeah. seeing entire families. Yeah. Uh, you know, mm. get saved and be baptized. And one of my favorite memories is uh, one man's family all got baptized, teenage girls and the, and the mom. And then we were about to be done. That's the Smiths. Yeah. yeah and the Smiths. Mm. And he goes, well, I'm not, I'm not letting my family do this without me. Oh. <laughs> and so he was our last baptism of that service where he just went and jumped in. And you also got to know this water is cold. Uh. Yeah. You know, don't and, tell people that. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> but like, what's what I love is that you know this church typically in the past when they baptize people they finish a service and go to the ocean, uh, but um, to do it in a service mm -hmm. and where everybody is still there because a lot of times people once they leave not everybody goes to watch the baptisms, but everybody was witnessing these baptisms and going I have not done that. Mm. And uh, so that just started building so much momentum where, where people are beginning to follow the Lord, taking that next step of baptism, mm -hmm. and then jo join, jumping in and being a part of services. In fact, Mr. Smith, that father, you know, he's now looking to be a part of the praise team. And he, uh, it, nobody knew that he had all this musical background yeah. also. Yeah. So those little things, <clears throat> those little steps where then they're plugging in, and uh, it's, it's just a lot of fun to wow. watch. Yeah. So do you guys, um, just as a discipleship team, you know, I'm thinking like, do you have small groups? Um, is that coming? Is that, um, uh, how do the, you, how the, do you do that in your church? Sure. No, the, uh, the church has had small groups. Uh, we actually had somebody that was leading that. We yeah. also did discipleship. Mm -hmm. Um, there's always been a really strong Bible based, um, leader in those different areas. That's cool. And, um, this year she basically felt like it was time for her to step back mm. and uh and a good thing she actually lost her husband after that mm. um who was a great guy an elder in the church just really strong uh but god had sort of prompted them through a bunch of different things to just sort of prepare themselves for the next season mm. uh, so it was really that's another god thing that you could watch their life and go okay god i mean he he took her step He's by providing. step through this yeah. um even down to the point of selling her house and now she's off island and i mean so god really just walked them through this but hmm. as a sideline she basically felt like she needed to step away from um basically doing small groups and things like that so yeah. we had just elected three uh deacons and um so and we use deaconesses down there mm -hmm. um so we have uh, two ladies and one gentleman that stepped forward and i put them in contact with aaron yeah, uh, of course, yeah. small group guru. Guru, yeah, yeah. <laughs> he's our ninja. You call our him, small you group get an ninja. answer in like two seconds because he's already done it. Um, yeah, but I just said, "Hey, could you help us?" 
And so he introduced us to connect groups and then devotional study. Mm -hmm. And then we have a CR program, which is very similar to Regen. Okay. Um, okay. So yep. um, introduced us to basically what Regen was and, and how to connect with that. Mm -hmm. Uh, because the gentleman that passed on actually led the regen group so wow. or the CR group down yeah. there. So with Aaron's help, we have uh, we are actually going through signups right now. Mm -hmm. um, mm -hmm. And we're kicking off the second week, I think, in November. Uh, and we'll be doing sermon based in that. And we have seven groups, I think, total set up right now. Yeah. Um, and everybody's eager for this because we've set it up. Uh, and I think the best part about Connect Groups is that Let's say I get busy on a Monday night, but there's another connect group on Tuesday. Somebody else is leading it. I'm not going to miss anything because it's sermon-based. I can hop over there if I need to for that week. Yeah. And so we sort of set it up so we had one going pretty much five nights a week at the church so nobody feels uncomfortable about coming. All those little bits and pieces that Aaron fed to us, oh, we yeah. just ate up. Gold. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> it's like, that makes sense. Mm, that makes sense. It. I got and tired when, of saying that after a while. Yeah. <laughs> When I was when I'm on island, I just go to those different groups. Yeah, and they're all so awesome. Yeah. they're all so different, and they're all very connected. Mm -hmm. Like you, you feel like that each group has some deep connections. There's such immediate honesty. Yeah, like everybody yeah. just trusts each other. That's so cool. Um, Transparent. And, uh, yeah, it's really really cool. And mm -hmm. I, so I, a lot of time I just float to the different ones and. Yeah. Plus, that's where the good food is. Too, oh, so that's yeah, that's that that's what keeps the groups going is <laughs> yeah. the good food. Yeah. <laughs> but yeah, awesome. we're looking forward to that season uh, getting kicked off. Yeah. Uh, we have encouraged some of those groups to sort of spread out and use their leadership yeah. talent. Yes. Because yeah. yes. they had been together. Which is hard. Few, yes, <laughs> it is. It's hard. Oh, yeah. That's, but, that's hard uh, here, too. We've had some new leaders emerge uh, yeah. and actually some new people that started going to the church that have you know great backgrounds. And that's the funny thing about St. Croix is that you never know who you're going to get or for how long you're going to get them. Yeah, yeah. Quite honestly, it's just not an easy environment to truly live in. Mm -hmm. It's great to visit, but as far as living there, a lot of people only last six months or a year. Really? And then they get tired of all the inconveniences and hmm. the lack of uh, amenities and things like that yeah, that no we have Walmart here in the States. Yeah, thing kind of thing. <laughs> we have the last surviving Kmart. Uh, we do oh, not yeah. have Walmart. Wow. We sure have do. the wow. last Kmart on, a, on, on the world, <laughs> I guess, cool. uh, or That's in the true. world. That's <laughs> true. Uh, we have very little as far as chains of any kind. Yeah. Most of it's just individual stores, and Amazon is not two hours. It's two weeks. So, yeah, you get used to things like that. So My goodness. But it it you don't know who the Lord's going to bring, but the church keeps the idea of no matter how long you're here, you're family, mm. and if you want to plug in, we got a spot for you. Yeah. So even with... And you were talking about God things, how you just cannot deny it. with this new building, you mm -hmm. cannot deny what God did. Yeah. I mean, we've been paying $3,500 in rent for a long time. Mm. The church has never owned a building in 36 years. Wow. And right down the street, uh, a Montessori school has decided they're going to move to another building. So we bought their building, never even went to market. Um, we got a big playground for the kids. We got like an acre, almost and a half, uh, which is unheard of, uh, all fenced in. And I mean, just perfect for the children's environments. Hmm. And we basically are paying the same amount, but it's towards a mortgage. Right. And we couldn't find financing for less than eight and a quarter percent by anybody. Wow. And we went to the owners and said, would you consider owner financing? They agreed to it at 8%. Mm-hmm. 
And then when we negotiated the contract, uh, we just asked them, can you just do this for just 0% for the first year? Could yeah. you do that for yeah. us just to help us out? Why not? Maybe a you know discounted rate for the second year just to help us out, yeah. you know, five, 6%. And I, you know, everybody expects them to come back at you know four percent. You know, that's a negotiation thing. They completely agreed to zero percent. <laughs> <laughs> this church has never owned property, and now all of a sudden we are going into a property where you can pay such a huge amount if you don't have to pay eight percent interest. Yeah, you can pay down a huge percentage of this loan and get this thing paid off, and get the church back to being like completely debt free, not yeah. owing. You know, we'll pay a small amount of rent for the community theater that we use, but. Mm-hmm. To be debt-free allows you to use a lot of money towards ministry. Amazing. And so I can't wait to see what the next steps are. Yeah. I mean, as we just continue in this walk, to follow him is so much easier than trying to lead this thing. Yeah, yeah. And he is just opening up doors and just showing us paths that we didn't even know were going to exist. Mm. That's so, incredible. And Bethlehem has been phenomenal in their support. Uh, they helped us out with um, the elders actually agreed to help us out with some of the uh, construction uh, needs that we had mm. in the renovation of the building. And that was a huge help for us. Um, so are you guys in the new building now? Yes. Okay. We wow. are. We had our first, uh, actually missed our first uh, first children's service over there, but we had a record 34 kids. Wow. Um, and yeah, for, I mean, during the summer, during these off seasons or off times, we basically will do a hundred adults. So to have thirty-four kids mm-hmm. compared mm-hmm. to a hundred adults, yep. that feels pretty familiar <laughs> to Bethlehem, right? Sure you know, just does. yeah, yeah, it does. But it's all about Attracts. next generation. Yeah, and yeah. God has led us through this mm. path, and the same thing with the youth program, um, and just seeing the the growth potential and the mm. space that we needed. Because quite honestly, we couldn't have done thirty-four in the old building that we rented. Wow. Uh, it would have just packed the house mm-hmm. and actually probably broke fire code or something crazy. <laughs> yeah, like that. Probably. Yeah. Well, that I'm so. just, I'm, I am blown away to hear these stories and just also, you know, the faithful giving uh, of the people here at Bethlehem. Mm-hmm. And we always tell people you're not giving to a church, you are giving through a church. And you got, and this story, just hearing these stories is literally what is happening is that, you yeah. know, the giving is going and helping and impacting a church in another country. Um, And so it's just, this is, it really, really hits home Mm -hmm. and I'm excited. I can't wait to see what God is going to do. I do you like have any clue, any idea, just, you're just waiting. You're along for the ride. Well, (laughs) to be honest with you, I mean, the building was such a big thing and, and now that's, you know, of course, get it paid off, do all that, but that's that's a sideline thing. I mean, yeah. that that would just be huge, but it's it's more of the ministry that that place can be. I mean, we have FCA. One of the elders there is uh, oh, with wow. FCA. He's actually the the rep for the Virgin Islands, and so he's having huddles there now, mm-hmm. and uh, the the space is going to be utilized uh, in a lot of different for ways. the community, probably yeah. yes. like the way that Bethlehem has been mm-hmm. used here, and that's the key. Yeah, that's and awesome. Open, open your doors, him. We we yeah. actually. Yeah. Uh, the giving people give also helps support him as an FCA guy. Yeah. That's so cool. On island, yeah. But that, and then um, we look forward to Christmas. Yeah. Yeah. We, we do a small version of um, what we used to sort of do here. Yeah. Uh, we just call it Share the Blessing over there. Mm. We sort of stole that from a very good local organization that we served <laughs> with for a number of years. Wow. But, um, 
we look forward to that and just the opportunity uh, that this season's going to bring. Mm -hmm. uh, the building's big, but we still are looking for a community pastor. Okay. Uh, we, everybody has loved the word coming from Jason. Yeah. And yeah. I, you know, we all can understand that because he takes it to a different level. Um, since the trip to Israel, like I, I text him all the time, dude, you're on fire. You know, it's just like, <laughs> it's true. I mean, even last yeah. service, uh, or the service previous where, you know, we're looking at, you know, the, uh, you know, looking at hell basically. And he, I mean, yeah. all these things that he's just coming back with, there's just wealth of Have knowledge. Come to but, life. Yeah. yeah. But the congregation has felt really comfortable with Jason, his mm -hmm. preaching and everything. Mm -hmm. And so we had agreed that when we went ahead and made this partnership more of a full-time partnership instead of a transition team, yeah, yeah, that we would try to find somebody that could take care of some of the things that uh, we as elders don't necessarily excel in, you know, mm -hmm. the um, quote-unquote counseling and, and other things, and then also put somebody in the community that's constantly reaching out to either other churches to help them. Yeah. Yeah. And of course, many organizations that we work with, food kitchens, things like that. And then uncovering the next things that we want to do as far as in the community and where the church can pick up and actually help outside those four walls. So right now, that's one of the next steps for us is finding that community pastor to sort of fill those gaps and lead us to the next space. Yeah. And so it's exciting. We have a great uh little pastor search team working alongside with yeah. the elders. And um, so we're looking forward to that next season. Uh, we've, God's already got somebody. We're right. just got to figure like, him out. The way yeah. that he's provided every step of the way so far, I'm like, yeah. I'm just excited when we have you back to hear yeah. how he's provided yeah. for that for that role too. Yeah, there's so uh, yeah. many people on that island that don't know Jesus. Yeah. And yeah. the opportunity for this church to to find those people, to minister to them, to love them. Uh, to me, it just feels like the potential for revival on St. Croix mm -hmm. is just right there. Yeah. And, uh, you know, you're talking about events and things. One of my favorite things they do for Easter mm -hmm. is, you know, we, we go and hide eggs and the kids go find mm -hmm. eggs on St. Croix. Boiled eggs don't float. So they take them and put them in the ocean and the kids put on snorkel and they <laughs> swim around so cool. and they put the eggs in these little mesh bags. I love it. As Snorkeling. Work. That's a different world. <laughs> yeah, you know? it is. Uh, but the potential, especially like Troy's saying with reaching the kids, uh, the youth ministry they have on Fridays is always so good. Mm. I, I don't think I've been to one of those where they had less than 30 kids that come on Fridays. Yeah. And the ministry opportunity there to reach those kids. Um, I think a big thing as far as prayer yeah. is I think there's some obvious, you know, uh, monetary stuff with them uh, to take things to the next level. Mm -hmm. But I think a big need for prayer is that campus pastor, that person that's going to come in and lead. Yes. Yeah. Um, and that they will stay jailed and connected together. Mm -hmm. And also just to have vision on how they're going to reach the island to reach people. I think another big thing, too, is, um, you know, it's it's difficult on island to uh, be a multicultural church. Mm -hmm. And I think that's a big prayer is to pray to find favor um, with the Crucians. Yeah. You know, and that the worship services be something that wants to draw them in also, that it not just be uh, a church of um, P 
people from here that have moved there, but actually reaching those people. Uh, I think that's a big prayer need and just uh, asking the Lord for really creative ways mm-hmm. to be able to to minister to them and to find favor with them. Right. Um, and then also just praying for opportunity. You know, the baptism stuff seems to be what really draws people mm-hmm. in. Praying for salvation, praying for those elders. Mm-hmm. Um, this elder team is some of the most incredible people. They would be elders at our church yeah, if they went here. That's These awesome. are just incredible men who love the Lord, who have a heart for the community and for this church, yeah. and just praying protection for them and their families. Mm-hmm. Um, and um, just pray for revival. Pray yeah. for revival on St. Croix. You know? Love it. I think you, I mean, that is a big thing, is um, prayers carry us a whole lot farther than everything else. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, and that, and I mean, and and I don't know, but if if anybody's interested yeah. in just sort of keeping up with where the church is, if you want to do that, I mean, you can do just like Bethlehem. Text ninety four thousand and put connect to STX. Okay. And get the announcements, sort of figure out what's going on yeah. in Ireland. I have a lot of people ask about. That's cool. What's it like over there? Yeah. And you can so say get that the again, announcement. Troy. It's ninety four thousand. Ninety four thousand and connect STX. Connect. And STX. yeah, you get just a simple little. Uh, link back and you can sign up for if you want to just receive announcements or just whatever's going on in the community. That's so cool. Mm-hmm. But That's stay really plugged in way. with us. Um, but the prayers are a big thing. And and to your point about the community pastor, we basically are just searching locally. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. As mm-hmm. we want to gap that situation like we talked about uh, with cruising culture and where the church is. Uh, we do pick up a lot of people that basically moved to the island um, and just were a little more modernized than a lot of churches they visit. Gotcha. Um, which is, I mean, Bethlehem's been a big part of that modernization. Uh, we certainly have appreciated all that. But we never want to lose sight of everybody that maybe just isn't quite fitting to a church that um, hmm. that's there. Yeah. That's yeah. maybe right down the street. Maybe they... Maybe the hang-up is a, a four-hour service, or maybe the hang-up yeah. is, well, I don't, you know, I don't really get what they're doing over there, whatever. We just want to be open to just love anybody. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. And that that church is, um, I, I always look and I tell people, I said, if you want to go to Bethlehem, you want to see some crazy stuff, I said, check it out, because it's like um, anybody and everybody walks through the doors. Mm-hmm. There is no judgment. Yeah. Don't care what your appearance is. Don't care yep. what your clothes are. Don't care yep. tattooed, not tattooed, pierced, unpierced, What whatever color of hair you want to wear, it does not matter because <laughs> yes. God doesn't care. Yeah. So why should we? And right. that same attitude is there in that church. I love it. It's just a matter of people giving us a try. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. And so praying for people to walk through that door and just feel that connection, that love, and just hear a great sermon and just have people around them that truly do care. We have a, an awesome prayer team, mm-hmm. uh, just absolutely prayer warriors. Um, and we just have some incredible people in that church that just are on fire for him. Um, and, and it's just, it, it's the kindling. It's just, it's right there. We're just yep. waiting for an explosion. For I love sure. it. That's so, so exciting and mm-hmm. so yeah. encouraging to hear. Yeah. So we're going to have your website. Is it St. Croix Christian Church.com? It's, I think so. It's, uh, <laughs> well, I'll, I'll verify it. S-C-C-C. Uh, yeah. Okay. Yeah. Uh, 
Yeah. We'll have it in the show notes yeah. for sure. Yeah. I'll, I'll verify it before USBI I put it. something. Yeah. How about <laughs> 94,000? Yeah, that, uh, that works too. Connect yeah. STX. Connect STX to 94,000. But we'll Boy, have I'm going to get shot for that one. He's going to be like, you are not prepared for this. I will have the website, the correct. I'll, in fact, I'll text Bergen. There you go. Do that. And yes. I will verify it with her first. And we will have that in the show notes so that people can check it out and see it and see what God's doing yeah. there. So thank you guys so much. Well, and thank this church. Yeah. Honestly, you guys are just, I can't tell you what it means. Mm -hmm. And and it's um, Dave, the the pastor, he he comes to church there. He's still like still attend. And he's like, man, I wish we would have had this mm -hmm. because you really are on an island. So the when pastor that, that retired still attends. Oh, yeah. He still family. comes. Well, he actually, yeah, he didn't retire. He went into a different business. Yeah. Um, but he had, he still goes and he loves the word coming is, from Jason and just the fact that we have so much uh, as far as resources and just communication that's wide open. Yeah. Um, Betsy's talked to uh, Nikki, who leads our children's ministry. Yeah. Um, some of the other elders and stuff have talked to some people here. I mean, it's just that type of support when mm -hmm. you're out there on an island. And I know that sounds funny, but when you're on an island, yeah. mm -hmm, yeah. you really are on your own in a lot of right. ways. You right. MacGyver everything. And <laughs> church is uh, so much better if mm -hmm. you have a great support team. And you guys have been that mm -hmm. through and through. That's awesome. Love mm -hmm. to hear it. Well, thank you. Thank you. Thank you for being here. So when do you head back? When do you head back to St. Croix? Next week. Okay. One well, week from today. Yeah. Glad we caught you yeah. <laughs> before you left. For sure. So thank you, Troy. Thank you, Joel, mm -hmm. for your insight you. and what you, the ways you've contributed. Mm -hmm. um, so thanks for being here. And thank you to our listeners. And thank you to everybody that attends Bethlehem that is a faithful member here, listeners, uh, just giving and supporting. Uh, this is what this is what uh, what you're doing, what you're giving goes to. Uh, real lives, real people uh, affecting real life change. And uh, it's all in the name of Jesus. So we are just honored to be a part of it. Love you guys. Uh, God bless. And we will see you next time. 